0: Hello, friends. This is the Leanne McCoy podcast. It was formerly the Prayer Clinic podcast. And on this podcast, I talk about many things related to prayer because prayer is my passion. But I also venture into other subjects that um are just the things that I'm pondering and the things that um, I'm involved in. I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a mother of young adult children. I'm a grandmother of even younger children. I'm a a teacher of, of the word. I also lead a dynamic prayer ministry in my local church, and I have a incredible passion to mobilize all of our churches to pray and to help to facilitate and resource prayer leaders all over. And so um, I am Leanne McCoy, and this is my podcast. Today, I'm excited to share with you... Um, Uh, actually a little tool that I put together for our staff last year. We had an all-day staff day of prayer. I wanted to brag about that all day of prayer, but after doing some um, deeper dive into the priority that prayer ought to have in our church, I was reminded when I was writing a blog post for the prayer clinic website last week that The early church fathers, the disciples, the the men and women who followed Jesus and actually watched him ascend into heaven, they made prayer a priority. And they didn't just have one day of prayer with all of their church staff. They prayed every day. Um, And and that was a, a main activity that they were engaged and involved in. And it makes me wonder, I think about the signs and wonders that validated the testimony of the church and the message of the gospel in New Testament times and wonder if that was in direct correlation to the priority that the people put on prayer. And that then causes me not to brag to you about hosting an all-day day day of prayer with my church staff last year. Instead, humbly, I'm going to share with you in this podcast um, some of what I taught them on that day. And I think that you're going to enjoy it because it's actually um, very appropriate for the day and age that we live in. I'm going to teach you how to pray for the lost, um, in five ways. And, um, under those, uh, I'm actually going to give you some sample prayers that you can pray. And I think I'm not making a promise just yet. Maybe by the end of this podcast, I will, I'm going to turn this message into an ebook so that I can download, you can download that and have the printed copy of it as well. I could, um, tell you what I can do I can pull out these prayers and include those in the show notes so how about that this time on the show notes if you want to go to those um, and pull them up you'll actually have uh, the printed prayers that I'm going to pray throughout this podcast so um, I hope that you're listening to me as you're driving somewhere or while you're doing something else, and so that you can just uh, enjoy what I have to say and um, get your stuff done at the same time. I also hope you'll share this podcast with anyone you know who may be fervently praying for loved ones um, that are lost or have lost their way. Enjoy this message. So once a year, we get together with our whole entire church staff, and we go away to a quiet place, and we dedicate that day to prayer. Honestly, that day becomes six hours, which really is only a quarter of a day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and as I mentioned in the introduction, I was going to be real proud of the fact that we spend a whole day in prayer, that we've made prayer such a priority that we set aside an entire workday and spend our day praying. But after um, taking that deep dive into Acts and realizing that in the early days in the formation of the church, the disciples spent way more than one day of prayer a year. They, They spent every day in prayer. And I would venture to say they probably spent hours together praying every single day. I know they spent time studying scripture and um, delivering the messages and teaching and showing the people how to live in community with each other. But in several different places in Acts, it's mentioned that they spent their time in prayer. I'm writing a series of blog posts on my prayerclinic.com website called um, Why the Church Needs to Pray. And I encourage you to take notice of those and to share them with anyone in your congregation that may um, have a heart for prayer or be in a position where they can have influence over um, how much priority prayer can be in your in your church I'm also coming to you today very excited about a great move of God that we're watching unfold in Wilmore, Kentucky at Asbury University, a very small College with only about 1600 students, but a very large work of God that's going on there. And I'm so incredibly excited to be living in a day where I can witness that and watch what's happening. And I don't know about you, but I'm praying, Oh Jesus, Lord Jesus, do the same in my church, in my community, and let us experience an outpouring of your power like we've never experienced before. I would encourage you to, um, Go online and Google the Asbury University Revival and watch some of the YouTube videos. Listen to some of the um, the testimonies of the people that are there experiencing that revival. You might also check out the blog post that um, is on my website, the leannemcoy.com site. And read an article that I've written about apostasy and revival. Can they happen at the same time? And in that article, I cite several great sources for how, for places that you can learn more about what's going on in Asbury. All right, enough about all of that. Let me tell you how to pray for the lost. I'm going to give you five ways to do this. And Lord, I'm just asking you to anoint the teaching that's going on right now in this podcast and allow those that are hearing it to be encouraged and to be able to um, grow in their confidence and in um, in their ability to pray effectively for the people that they love. Here we go, my friends. Number one, remember I'm giving you five ways to pray for the lost. Number one, pray that God will do five things. So that's your hint. I'm giving you number one and then under number one are coming five things. So we're praying that God will do five things. The first thing we're gonna pray that God will do is sanctify them. And by sanctify them, I mean draw a circle around them. We're asking God to take His heavenly marker and literally draw a circle around this person that we love. And if you'll jot down these these verses and look them up later, 1 Peter 1, 2 and 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, and 14. You know what? We might as well look those up right now. First Peter 1, 2, and I didn't have them in front of me, so I'm going to look them up on my computer right now as I speak, and I'm going to read to you First Peter 1, 2. Um, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. That's uh, Peter making reference that those who are um, sanctified, who've been chosen by God, are the ones who get to know God, who get to know the mystery of His salvation. And then 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14, let me see if I can put that in to Thessalonians 2, verses 13 and 14. I'm using the Bible Gateway. It's a great website for looking up Scripture really fast. Here it is, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So two verses that um, are supporting this prayer that we might ask God to sanctify the people that we're praying for. C.S. Lewis shares this story. He said a college student professing to be an atheist once wrote to C.S. Lewis explaining that he had fallen in with some Christian students who were vigorously witnessing to him of their faith. Some of the things they said had unsettled his thinking. He was going through some great struggles. What did Dr. Lewis think? Lewis wrote back, I think you are already in the meshes of the net. The Holy Spirit is after you. I doubt you will get away So, we are praying for the lost five ways. The first way, I did asking, praying that God will do five things, asking God to sanctify them. And here's our prayer Father God, we pray that you would sanctify. Now, I'm going to pause and you're going to fill in the blank with the person that comes to your mind. And the reason they come to your mind is because they're already on God's heart. Father God, we pray that you would sanctify. Draw a circle around their lives and set them apart from all the others so that they are saved by you. Devote your full attention to and work on with the same mighty power you use to set the world in motion. Continue as long as it takes until their own voices declare your praises. All right, the second prayer that we're going to ask, um, pray is... Is asking God to bless them. Romans 2 4. I need to get my passages pulled up a little bit quicker. Romans 2, 2 4 says this. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? And let me read that in the New Living Translation. I just noticed on my notes that that was the translation that I used when I put this together. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And so what we're doing right now is we're inviting God to liberally bless them. We desire God's best for them even if his best is hard sometimes god's best doesn't look like our best we might ask for pleasure when god knows that pain will um draw them to himself we may we may be kind of aggravated with him and ask for pain when god knows pleasure will be what draws them to himself this is a prayer acknowledging that god knows best how to bless our person that we're praying for so lord bless with every blessing you have in the heavenlies where you dwell, lavish your love on them in the most tender of ways. Custom make your gifts so that they touch the deepest, darkest recesses of their hearts and woo to yourself by your compassion and your love. All right, the third prayer we're praying is that we're going to ask the Lord to convict them. And our verse is John 16, 8 through 11. Let me look it up, John Sixteen, eight through 11 in the ESV, the English standard version. Let me find it in the right version that I have it. There we go. And here it is. And when he comes, this is the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So in this prayer, the whole, it's the Holy Spirit who convicts people of sin. And the sin that the Holy Spirit is convicting them of is the sin of not believing in Jesus. It's the sin of unbelief. And this is the only sin that keeps people separated from God. So here's our prayer. Spirit of the living God, convict of their sin of unbelief. The bondage of this and all other sins were broken by Jesus when he died on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to set free from eternal bondage. Our fourth prayer is that we're going to ask the Lord to illuminate their mind to the truth. And this is like Cornelius and like the Ethiopian eunuch. When they met together, it's the aha, eye-opening miracle that comes with the sharing of the of the gospel. Let's see if I can find that reference to where that um, is in the Bible. Yeah, it's Acts 8, 26 through 40. Let me find it. Acts 8. 26 through 40 that's a long story and it is about philip so um the story tells us that the angel of the lord said to philip go south to the road the desert road that goes down from jerusalem to gaza so he started out on his way he met an ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the queen of the ethiopians this man had gone to jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of isaiah the prophet The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So I invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. <laughs> I love how God just like took him away after the, um, the witness was made. But what we're asking God to do is to illuminate the minds of our loved ones to the truth. And here's our prayer. Just as you did for Cornelius, illuminate the mind of to the truth of your word and your salvation Do for what you did for him. Lift the shadows of unbelief, doubt, and rebellion from their minds, and bring light to their darkness. And the fifth prayer that we want to pray is to ask God literally, um, just and basically and um, simply to save them. And our verse is Luke 19.10. Let me find that. Luke 19.10. And let me see what version I used it in. I didn't say. So let's look at Luke Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's what he came to do. Not that the Lord will discover them where they are on the planet, but that God will bring them into alignment with himself so they will hear and respond willingly to the gospel. And here's our prayer. Oh God, we know that you know exactly where are right this minute, I, I said R because I'm praying for three people, not just one. <laughs> you know who they are with, what they are doing, and more than that, you know every thought in their mind and every desire in their heart. You know what hinders them from fully embracing your extravagant gift of salvation. Remove those hindrances and save Today. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. So we have now prayed that God would do five things. And that's the first way that we pray for the lost is pray that God will do those five things, ask him to sanctify them, to bless them, to convict them, to illuminate their mind to the truth, and then to save them. The second is, this is the second way to pray. We're going to pray for their witness. Their witness is the person who will be instrumental in them being saved. That witness could be you even, but it may not be you. It might be someone else. God's got plenty of great um, bearers of the truth all about, and we are inviting him to empower, anoint, compel, do all the things with this person so that they might um, be a bold witness in the life of our loved ones. So we're praying that God would fill them with his spirit, equipping them to have power, and boldness, equipping them to have wisdom, to have zeal, to have compassion, and to have divine insight. And as you're praying for the witness, pray for yourself to be the same kind of a person so that you might be the answer to someone else's prayer. Here's our prayer. Lord, we lift up the chosen one who will be especially able to share the truth of your love with and fill in the blank with the person that you're praying for. that will be able to share the truth of your love with whoever those people are in a way that their barriers will be broken and their hindrances removed. Give this son or daughter of yours power and boldness. Give them wisdom and zeal, compassion and divine insight. Orchestrate their encounter with and let them enjoy the thrill of seeing saved. Them seeing them saved. Yes, Lord, and amen. All right, the third way we pray is to pray for God to use his word in their lives. And there are five things we're going to pray regarding God's word in their lives. First, that his word will be unhindered, that Satan could in no way stop the flow of God's word through hindering them from reading it, harassing them regarding it, distorting it, destroying it, casting doubt on it. We do, we're going to pray against the word being hindered. We're going to pray that God's word be glorified, that it is highly esteemed and honored. We'll pray that God's word be multiplied, that it expands in their spirit and their mind. We'll pray for the word to prevail, to exercise force in their lives, unstoppable force. Just as a small seed can crack a concrete slab, as the force of life bound up in it begins to emerge, so does the seed of God's word planted in a heart. And that's a quote out of a little booklet I have on praying for the lost, which might be where I got all of these prayers. I'll double check that booklet for sure. Then we're also the fifth ways that we're praying that God's word will be effective. Isaiah 55 11 says that God intends for his word to be effective. Ask him to make it so and you'll be praying in his divine will and your prayers will be answered. So here's our prayer, praying for God to use his word in the lives of our lost loved ones. Oh God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible, the book we get to hold in our hands, and for Jesus, the visible expression of our invisible God. Put a deep hunger in life to want to read your word. Put the Bible in their hands. Give dreams about your word. Bring scripture to to their mind and let your word be honored by multiply your word in when she read or he reads it there's nothing more powerful than you and your word settle the word deep in heart and prevail over the lies in their lives make your word effective in life so that they will know you and Cling to the truth of your word. All right. Number four of our five ways. Pray using the divine weapons of spiritual warfare. Be reminded that we fight by praying. Prayer is our battle strategy. When we aren't praying, Satan is winning by default. But when we are praying, he's losing because he absolutely has no defense for prayer. Don't ever forget that when you pray. And this is what we're praying using our divine um, spiritual uh, weapons of warfare. We're praying the blood of Christ. Listen to this quote. When Satan slew the innocent son of God, he destroyed himself not annihilated but destroyed all the legal claims which he secured upon the earth and man through adam's fall are now completely canceled since the cross he has absolutely no right at all upon anyone or anything it means that all the power that he now exercises he exercises solely by deception and bluff My friends, when we plead the blood of Jesus, we are reminding Satan and all his demons that they are already defeated. This is especially significant in the battle for souls since the shedding of Christ's blood on Calvary paid the sin debt for all mankind and now Satan holds souls captive only by default Because we haven't insisted that he turn them loose. Well, we are insisting it right now. And here's our prayer. Jesus, we are grateful for your blood that was shed. We pray the precious, priceless, purified blood of Jesus over. We know that Satan has no claim on. Life because his or her sin was canceled at the cross. We proclaim in agreement with you that there is wonder working power in your blood, and we plead the blood of Jesus over. Amen. All right, number two, we're praying the name of Jesus. When we pray in your name, we pray according to the majesty and glory that is due you, Lord. We pray the mighty name of Jesus over. And over every principality, power, and force of evil that has darkened mind and heart toward you. We pray in the mighty power of Jesus' name that be set free from the kingdom of darkness to walk now and forever in the kingdom of light. And I might add, we're praying that they are not only walking, but leading others in that kingdom of light. Third thing we're praying is the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. This is the way that Jesus contended with Satan, and the way he prayed that we would contend with Satan as well. So... You might ask the Lord to give you a word for your person, the person that you're praying for, a promise, a scripture. I asked the Lord to give me one, and he gave me a very definitive, like a specific word in his word. Just when you go to your quiet time, say, Lord, give me a word in your word over my person. A word may come to mind, a word might, um, but I'm talking about a promise, a scripture passage that is your promise. Oh God, we pray the word you've given us in life show us your word as it relates to them thank you for giving us a word we can write over their lives we are eager to see you perform your word in life all right number four we're just going to praise when we praise god in our prayers we invite the commander in chief of the universe smack dab in the middle of the battlefield do you remember king jehoshaphat's battle against the armies of ammon Moab, and mount seir You can go to 2 Chronicles 20 and read about that. But the bottom line was when King Jehoshaphat put the worshipers out front and they went marching to the battlefield worshiping, God caused the enemy armies to turn around and start fighting each other so that by the time Israel's armies got there, King Jehoshaphat's troops, all of their enemy was already defeated. Yes, Lord. We praise you, Lord. You are the maker of heaven and earth. All of creation bows down before you. There are no other gods before you. We praise you and your unstoppable plans for. We declare your glory on the platform of life. Number five is fasting. If you will fast, and I don't even have a prayer for this, I just have the word fasting. If you will fast and pray, your prayers will be accentuated. They will be made dynamic. They will become more powerful, not because you're going without food. They're doing that because you're aligning your heart and your mind with the heart and the mind of Christ. And you're proving with your body that you're more interested in the heart and the mind of God. Then you are in feeding your flesh. That's what happens when we fast. All right, and the sixth way that we can pray using the divine weapons of our warfare is to pray love. Father God, who would we be without your love? Everything that is good in our lives comes from your loving hand. Fill with your love. Deliver your love to In a way that they cannot even begin to mistake you for anyone or anything else. Love them to yourself as you have done and are doing for us. Now we're going to pray against the strongholds with authority. And this is important, and I'm I'm gonna do more research and more teaching on, on praying with authority. I think too many times we are begging in prayer, and our begging itself reflects a lack of faith when God has already said to us that it's impossible to please him without faith. And he is pleased when we're no longer begging, we're proclaiming, we're declaring, we're um, marching with confidence and with victory. So this in this This way right here, we're going to pray against the strongholds with authority. Satan guards the unsaved person's unbelief by structuring strongholds custom made for them. We're going to ask God to give us insight and understanding regarding the particular strongholds that are keeping them captive. The other divine power we have is the power of our authority as sons and daughters of God. Listen to this example, just as the policeman on the street corner can direct the flow of traffic because of his authority, so can a believer pray for the souls of men bound and blinded by Satan and cause them to be delivered. The powers of darkness find their strength is broken through the blood of Jesus Christ and when we exercise our authority in him, they can no longer withstand us. God has called us to be his instruments through which he can exercise his authority. Let us by faith accept this position and stand firm regardless of the opposition. He will then be able to do things through us that we never dreamed of. And what comes to my mind as I read that quote is that, um, and I feel certain I did not write that. I'm quoting from somebody else here. <laughs> what, I, what comes to my mind is that um, if I were a policeman and I'm directing the traffic, I am merely um, enforcing laws that are so. Those laws are so whether people obey them or not. And so when I'm standing there, those laws are being enforced. And I don't know about you, but when I have a policeman that I'm watching, I am way more careful to um, be mindful of the law and, and drive under his authority when he's right there in front of me than I am when I just know that the law is true. And I'm driving without being watched or under the authority of somebody. And so in this way, what came to my mind is this is who we are. We are God's authority on earth, releasing the power of his spiritual victory. We are um, we are implementing the victory that he has given. And so when we stand in prayer, in this prayer that we're about to pray, we are literally Um, aligning ourselves with him so that we can, in our place, um, um, how do you say, implement the victory that he's already given us. It's just, a. am trying to say this in words that allow you to understand that we're not begging for victory, we have victory. We're not begging for release, we have release. We're just implementing it by confidently standing in our faith in what's already been done. So here we go. Here's the prayer. Father, I pick up the weapons of my warfare. By the blood of Jesus Christ, I stand in the devil's face in this battle. I pray to the Lord to release warring angels to come down and fight on behalf in Jesus' name. I break every demonic altar that has been set up against In the spirit realm by fire, I destroy them in the name of Jesus and by his authority that he exercises freely at the right hand of God the Father. I destroy all powers of the dark side that are working against. I rebuke and cut off every assignment of the devil and his demons that are trying to destroy in the name of Jesus. I lose in the mighty name of Jesus freedom, liberation, peace, joy, hope, gladness, love, healing, wholeness, nothing missing and nothing broken, mercy, grace, blessings and favor and full restoration in all relationships for. Amen. And that particular prayer was adapted from John Ramirez's book, Armed and Dangerous, the ultimate battle plan for targeting and defeating the enemy. And most of the other material in this document, I do see my a credit where credit is due right now. Most of the other material in this document came from a little yellow booklet titled Praying Effectively for the Lost by Lee E. Thomas. I'm going to look and see if that book is still available. And um, if, it, if it is, I'm going to post it somehow, maybe in the show notes to let you know where you can get it. So that, my friends, is how to pray for the lost. I've given you five ways. Pray that God will do five things, and I gave you the five things for Him to do. Pray for their witness that's the person who'll be witnessing to them. Three, pray for God to use his word in their lives. Four, pray using the divine weapons of spiritual warfare. And five, pray against the strongholds with authority. We have authority. And when we pray, God answers. When we pray, the power of God is being released in the world today. I encourage you. I exhort you. I will um, make a printed copy of this. If that little yellow booklet's not available, I just need to look and see Um, if this all came out of that booklet, then I just need to make that available to you. If I have adapted it to a great degree, then I'll create a new document, a new booklet for you. But in the show notes today, I will include um, the prayers themselves either way so that you can have those in a printed version. And there I have given you a wonderful resource that I want you to share with anyone who might um, appreciate having it. How to pray for the lost. Five ways to pray for the lost. I, I hope that as you were listening to this podcast, the, the Spirit of God just uh, rejuvenated your confident hope. I know that's what happened as I was praying these prayers out loud, and I want to encourage you to um, maybe re-listen and pray along with me out loud, or take those show notes and use those prayers and pray them aloud. I think um, God obviously can hear our thoughts, and He can be honored by our thoughts, and He is, um, uh, I know, more aware of what's going on in our hearts than we even are. But the powers and principalities and the authorities of darkness cannot read our thoughts and even though they can study our actions and listen to our words and make great assumptions on what we're thinking, they still can't read our thoughts. And so when we speak these prayers aloud, we are allowing them to hear exactly what we're believing, exactly what truth we're standing on. We're acknowledging that we don't have a clue how to do this. Of course, we're frustrated. Of course, we're heartbroken. Of course, we're at our wits end. That is how we are. But let me remind you, my dear listener, you are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you have been crucified with Christ. The old man has been buried and is dead and gone, and now you are alive in him. And so every ounce of his authority, of his power, of his love, of his goodness is available to you, and you get to Tap into all of that in this mysterious, amazing authority we have in prayer. And by so doing, you can release God's absolute best in the lives of those persons that you're praying for. So um, pray these words out loud and let us watch and see the glory of God continue to expand.